Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I am thrilled to say we have Mayel Gave, CEO of Techstars, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Mayal, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Good morning. Good morning. It's my pleasure. Are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Census. With Census, gone are the stress-inducing days of pestering your engineering team to build a custom pipeline to get the data you need. Or worse, trying to hack code yourself to get even one accurate data point. Census is a reverse ETL tool that syncs trusted data from the data warehouse into your CRM or your marketing automation platform or your advertising platforms, finance tools, and more. The best part of Census, no coding or engineering favors required. With Census's point-and-click UI, you can sync hundreds of thousands of data points from the data warehouse to your tools in minutes. Lightning speed, baby! I so wish we had a tool like this when I was running BizOps at my last tech job, and honestly, I'm guessing my friends on the data science team do too. (laughs) If you're scaling a product-led growth company, or really just any company that has a data warehouse and wants to get data in your business tools without uh, waiting weeks in the request queue, check out getcensus.com slash non-technical. Mile Gave is the CEO of Techstars. She's been named one of Fortune's 40 under 40, a young global leader by the World Economic Forum, one of the most creative people in business by Fast Company, and was on Time Magazine's list of the 25 top female techpreneurs. An entrepreneur at heart, Mile founded her first business at 16 and went on to start two other companies. She's been a senior executive at numerous tech companies around the world, including Ozon, The Priceline Group, OpenTableKayakBooking.com, and Compass. She was a principal at the Boston Consulting Group for six years. She is the author of the widely acclaimed book, Trampled by Unicorns, Big Tech's Empathy Problem and How to Fix It. Miles currently based in New York City. Miles Gave, welcome to Non-Technical. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm very, very happy to be here. Such a treat to sit down and chat with you. You and I just had our first real-life chat quite recently. Absolutely. We bump into each other at a friend's party, uh, which was about uh, celebrating tequila and the launch of another book. I can't even remember. I do remember the tequila, though. Yeah. <laughs> That tequila is really something. The book was David Gell's book about Jack Welch. David Gell's, who's also been on non-technical. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Dumb. I should I should have remembered. Oops. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> and so we met there. And right away, I was like, oh, my God, you're the CEO of Techstars. That's very cool. <laughs> because... I think I told you, but I have a Techstars t-shirt from like truly 2012 or something like that because my friend was in, in the incubator. I'm glad that it fostered our conversation and now our interview. It's a collectible, by the way. There's not that many, <laughs> many left. You should totally keep it. Oh, uh, I'm and keeping at some it. Yeah, point, yeah, yeah. you may make a lot of money out of it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you got to let that equity vest, you know, and then one day maybe it'll come through. Booking like a true tech person. <laughs> So, Mile, I want to start here. Tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? I baked. I love baking. Mm, you do? I went to see an amazing exhibition at the, I think it's called the Fashion Institute. It's on 31st, I think, and 6th. 
okay. about Dior and Balenciaga. I love dresses, Ooh, but, but okay. more importantly, that was just a really great, really great show. Uh, and then I, I watched mm. some comedy club stuff that I really, really like. I think that Wow, fun. That's an amazing day off. Okay, let's start with baking. What did you bake? So last time I baked a chocolate cake, which is a recipe from my best friend in France. Uh, I mm. baked an apple kind of pie, but like French okay. style, which is okay. from my mother. Oh. And then I baked something that I don't really know how to explain to American. In <laughs> French, it's called clafouti. And okay. it's basically, think about like, a, it's basically, we do it with cherries most of the time. Mm. And uh, there's a light batter and, and it's like, you, the cherries are like embedded into the cake. And okay. it's so good. Like That sounds so amazing. Good. So how long were you in France before you came here? I have been here for six years. The thing is between here and France, there's been quite a few steps along the way. I left France when I was, depending on what you considered living, because yeah, you never yeah. really leave your home country, and I of feel course. very, very French. I started working abroad when I was in my very early 20s. Mm, okay. I started coming to the U.S. in 2003. Hmm. My first trip was to Atlanta, where I oh. discovered fried chicken, which was wow. an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I moved permanently to New York, as I say, about five or six years ago. Okay, cool. So baking is something that I definitely associate with France. I know a lot of people bake. Are you just born good at baking? Is that what happens over there? No, I don't think so. No? <laughs> no, but it's it's a big deal in my family, on my mother's side. The reason is my grandmother was very, very poor. So poor that they didn't have money to buy meat. Like meat was uh -huh. an absolute mm -hmm. luxury. Mm -hmm. And so basically baking, which is fundamentally like flour, which there were plenty of eggs, which was a bit of a luxury, but still affordable. Mm -hmm. And they had some chickens so that they could, they could figure yeah. out a way to get that. And sugar, which was a true luxury, but still less expensive than me, yeah, certainly. Were, were things that she could buy. And so basically, wow. you know, the main, the main dish would be usually vegetable and some kind of carbs, hmm. uh, mostly bread. And to lighten up lunch or dinners, basically meals, dessert was was the thing. And so my grandmother hmm. uh, used to bake a lot. And she obviously talked that to my mother and my mother talked that to me. Wow, that's so amazing. What is one thing that you think everybody should know about baking who likes to bake? Do you have like a secret tip or something that you think is really special? What I tell everybody who comes into my kitchen to bake with me, because I like it to, I like to make it like a common experience. Yeah, yeah. Is to never put as much sugar as the recipe tell you to. Really? A little less? Yeah, a little less, because otherwise it's really, really too sweet and it's not good for your waist. Yeah, that's so. a good point. It's a win-win. <laughs> exactly. If for whatever reason the, the dessert is not good, is not sweet enough for yourself yes. or for your guests, you can always add a little bit of jam or a little bit, you know, you can always add to it. You can't really take out sugar. So that's that's my one little trick. That's a great tip. Did you say you're really into dresses? You saw Dior? Yeah, I I love a good dress. Yes. I built my first business when I was 16 because I wanted to buy nice dresses, what mm. I at the time considered to be nice dresses. Yes. And my parents could not afford it. And my 
my mom very pragmatically was like, look, th there's no, there's no problem. Like, why don't you figure out a way to earn the money to buy, uh, wow. to buy the dress that you want? And so the very first business came from what I want to call like deep necessity. I needed a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what that first dress looked like? Oh, yeah. I'm blushing just thinking about how bad that dress was. <laughs> oh my gosh, why? What was it like? It had everything that a dress can have. You know what I mean? Okay. Like a lot of colors and prints yes. and flowers yes. and like what we call in French, like foo -foo, like all these things <laughs> that makes it really big. And so when you turn around, like you, you look like a princess. Yes. And oh my God. Unfortunately, I don't have the dress anymore, which is a pity. Mm. I saw a photo of it a, a few months ago and I was like, oh God, oh God. Thanks God social media did not exist at the time. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. It sounds like it would be a little bit in vogue right now, the way you're describing it. Probably, yes, actually. Thanks for it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're totally right. <laughs> it all comes back around. Exactly. Well, that sounds like a really lovely day off. What is something that you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? Apart from my passion for baking, which usually, yes. uh, usually surprises people quite a lot, uh, Especially after they taste it, because there's always <laughs> this, this question of maybe she's going to poison me. <laughs> Keep people guessing. I think that's the right move. <laughs> yes, I have hobbies. I'm curious. And so yeah. I love to try new things all the time. And, mm. and so I've never really perfected sure. anything because as soon as I try something and I feel like, okay, great, like, let's move on to the next Yeah the next fun things. And so I, I've tried pretty much every single sport that exists under the sun. Really? And I'm not good at any of them. <laughs> this is very important to me. It is okay to not be good at stuff and still like doing it. I feel very strongly about this. Exactly. Totally agree with you. <laughs> so it sounds like the part of the hobby that's fulfilling is the newness of it, the trying of it, the experiencing something new rather than you know, nose to the grindstone, doing the same thing and getting better at it every day. Totally. And, and, and getting to know people, I have found that every time I meet amazing people who are truly passionate mm -hmm. about what they're doing. And so what I love is the learning experience and this constant desire to get better is what I apply yeah. into my job. But uh -huh. like when I'm yeah. not at my, at my work, like everything else is just for fun and, and for meeting new people and for learning stuff. And so to me, it's, is the perfect balance between super yes. high intensity in my work life and like much lighter approach to everything else. Sure. And what's the most recent new hobby you tried? I tried boxing. Mm. I was like, that sounds like a good thing. And I realized that boxing was hyper, hyper technical. Oh, okay. You mean like the technique of boxing was really specific? Absolutely. And so mm -hmm. that to me was fascinating. And I met men and women who've been boxing for years, not in competition, but just like, because it's an yeah. extremely good routine. That's what I've heard. It was really interesting to me to talk in particular to women who have been in, mm. um, into boxing for years. Yeah. And how much it made them feel more confident mm. because it made them feel powerful at mm -hmm. the, like, the animal level of power. Yeah. Okay. I have muscles and I can yes. use them. I thought that was, that was fascinating. That makes so much sense. 
the knowledge of the strength is important, as important as the strength itself in some ways. Exactly. Did you hit a bag? Yes, a bag. How did it feel? My coach, someone else. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Uh, I think there is obviously the release of tension, but yeah. Again, it was just amazing to me to realize that it's not just punching. And I, it probably sounds obvious to people who know a little bit about boxing. But to me, it was just like, oh, yeah, you go and you punch. And like, you're really good with footwork. And if you're really good with footwork and you punch really hard, then you're good. And I realized that, no, it's it's less about how hard you punch and more yeah. more like, again, like the whole technique of, of punching stuff. <laughs> And, and defending yourself against against punches. Yeah, hell yeah. That's great. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. Do you want a French hill or an American hill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a choice. I think I want a French hill, but I also might want the American hill after, which is a very American answer in my okay, opinion. No problem. Like, both, please. <laughs> All right. So do you know steak tartare? The, the dish? Yes. Okay, and yes. sorry, we're going to talk a lot about cooking. I love I love dresses and I love food and the problem is how do you reconcile both? Yes. <laughs> Often at odds with one another, unfortunately. Especially exactly. wearing white. Wearing white and eating is very dangerous for me. Exactly. <laughs> I am so careful. <laughs> <laughs> one of the dish that we have in France, and, and my family loves it, it's tech tartare, mm. so basically raw beef for, for yep. people who don't yep. know what that is. It's raw beef and then usually you add like some raw eggs and, and mm-hmm. a few other stuff, but not that much, especially if the meat is good quality. Yeah, yeah. And the presentation is usually really nice. It's yes. like always well plated and served with some crackers or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. There is a huge battle around what the meat should be. Should it be chopped with a knife mm. or should it be grounded beef? <gasps> and most tech tartare that yes. are being served in restaurants are done with grounded beef. What you do basically like burgers here in America. Sure. Right? Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, this is totally crazy. Like you're not <laughs> eating grounded beef. You're eating like lovely knife chopped meat. Yes. Okay. And so that okay. in France is like, I have gone to battle with restaurant owners mm-hmm. about the fact that their steak tartare was just not a real steak tartare. And in that moment, everything they believed about French people and their cooking came true exactly. <laughs> and their passion for it. <laughs> so in France, do most restaurants serve steak tartare knife chopped? No, and that's the problem. I was basically oh. fighting with them because I was like, you're losing our tradition. Oh, so it's a tradition, but many have adopted the ground approach. Exactly. Because it's oh. so much easier. I totally get it, by the way. It's so mm. much easier. And also it allows you if the meat is so-so, you know, like a little yeah. hard, like you can basically, once it's grounded, like it doesn't matter anymore. Like you can pretty much do it with whatever you want. Sure. And so, no, most restaurants do that. And then most restaurants also prepare it in advance. Oh, I don't like that. You need to prepare it in front of your guests. Yes, absolutely. You've convinced me if this is the speech you're giving restaurateurs, then I'm sure people are converting left and right because this was very compelling. I am trying. I'm not sure I have been very successful, but like that hill is a hill that I go up to every single time I'm in a restaurant that has to I respect it. (laughs) Is there a restaurant here in New York City that does it right? Yes. (gasps) Who? Locanda Verde in Tribeca. Really? Okay, cool. So good. They added a little twist because they do it with like... This nuts that squirrel really likes. Acorns? Oh, yes, acorn. Exactly. 
Yeah. And it's just so good. And a little bit of truffle, like they, they kind of reinvented it mm, a little bit. Okay. But like they wow. kept the, the core principle, which is it needs to be knife chopped. Wow. Really good. Strongly recommend it. <laughs> First of all, this is a perfect hill. This is like straight down the middle, definitional, perfect hill. And I also, I love it because now this is going to become my hill. And next time someone presents steak tartare in its ground, I'm going to be like, <laughs> exactly. Excuse me. <laughs> And then everyone's going to be really impressed and be like, Alexis, how did you know that? I'm going to be like, it's just something everybody knows. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Converting one person at a time. Exactly. What was your American hell going to be? So this one is probably going to be less fun, but that was like one of the, the culture shock the first time I came to the United States in 2003 and I went shopping for the first mm. time. And I get a bunch of items, I go pay, and then suddenly the sum is not what I had expected. It was like, I don't understand. Hmm. Like, like yeah. I looked at the price, like that should be significantly less oh, than yeah. that. And then I realized that you guys do not include X's yep. in the prices that you show. Nope. That's correct. Why? We're playing a little mind game at all times on everybody. We're like, you think it's this price, but guess what? Later, it's going to be like 9% more. Exactly. And it's like surprise, yep. surprise, because also mm -hmm. when you move from one state to another, taxes vary. And oh, so yeah. you never actually mm -hmm. know what's going to be. The, and I don't no. understand why. Some states, they're like, it's all good. You keep it. And then some states are like, we want that money. <laughs> so it definitely varies. Once in a while, when the price is really different, yes, I go to, I, I talk to the person and I realize this is absolutely not their fault. And I, and I <laughs> but I still get on, on my soapbox and I'm like, I don't understand. That makes no sense. You guys mm -hmm. are so rational. Why are you doing that? Yes. Let me explain to you how it's happening in my country. <laughs> I'm like, now that anyway. I'm guessing does not go as well as the steak tartare conversations. No. Not so much. I tried to do it less, but I, it still puzzles me. If one day someone can give me a rational explanation of why. There is none. Welcome. You, as you, you, you know, you've been here for a while. This is just how we do things that makes yep. no sense. And it's a lot of it is to trick people into buying more stuff, unfortunately. So oh, that just is. That oh, makes yeah. sense, actually. Oh, well, because then you're seeing a lower price. That actually So you'll makes take it sense. to the register. And at that point of decision, <laughs> you're far less likely because you've already taken an action. Like you've picked up the huh. item, you've walked it to the counter. You're less likely at that point to be like, oh, no. That makes complete sense. Like yep. I have now a rational explanation. Wow, <laughs> changing <you>. lives on <laughs> non-technical. Here we go. Okay, Mile, tell me this. What three words would your closest friends or family use to describe you? Competitive. Okay, love it. I hate losing at board games, like really. Okay. Reliable. And like I always show up when I say I yep. show up, I always do yep. what I say I'm going to do. I, if you have a problem, you can call me and I will hmm. do my best to fix it. And, yeah. And I believe in friendship for life. And I believe that mm. family matters more than anything else. And so yeah. like reliable. And then I think the third one will probably be crazy. My, <laughs> uh, from different angles, actually. So my okay. grandmother used to call that my 10 minutes of craziness, which is once in a while, I would just go off the rail completely. Okay. Start, okay. Like, riffing on stuff completely unexpectedly. Sure. My father used to say that the, the the challenge is I don't feel risk and I do crazy stuff because I don't I don't see why people think it's risky or people yes. think it's crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think competitive, reliable and crazy. 
<laughs> oh my God. That, what a triple threat. You mentioned that your competitiveness often comes out as not being very good at losing at board games. So my question is, if you're playing a board game and it's low stakes, you're with your friends or your family or whatever, and you realize that you're losing, does your demeanor change in the game? Yes. Really? (laughs) How does it change? I get really intense and really serious. (laughs) And I'm so ashamed of saying that publicly. (laughs) I get really intense. like Because I, I keep saying to them, what's the point of playing if it's not to win? (laughs) <laughs> like, you just want to have a nice conversation. Let's yeah. go for a walk. Like I can yep. totally do that. Absolutely. Like I don't scream. I don't like. I don't. Yes, this yes, is yes. not my thing. I don't storm away. I don't storm mm-hmm. out of the room. But like, yeah, I get really intense and like, okay, I need to focus. Stop talking to do, me. <laughs> do other people in your life fire up your competitiveness, or is this something you bring regardless of who else is at the table? Oh, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I am competitive at my core, which, by the way, I think it's also the reason why, besides my work, I take all my hobbies as hobbies that that do not need to be uh, perfected because Mm. I'm trying to stay away from this competitiveness that I display at work. And so it's just, it's Mm -hmm. also, but somehow board games, I'm like, no, game on. (laughs) We're going to have to play that one and I'm going to win. Yes. What is your most irrational fear? So you see, that's what my father is worried about, is that I don't really mm. have years. At all? Not really. No, not fearless. really. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that fearless makes it sound like Beyonce, and that's not exactly <laughs> what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm talking about, but it's just like... Why not? <laughs> you could be like Beyonce. Who's telling you you can't be like Beyonce? I'm telling you you can I would love to, but I, I think she's she's in in a in a league of her own. So I'm not going to pretend. She does seem to be a different, better species than the rest of us. It's true. However, yeah. I fully support <laughs> your Beyonce ness, especially as it relates to fear. Yeah, I have a very rational brain, and so when I have a fear that mm. just pops up for a second, I'm like, okay, why why am I feeling that way? And that kind of disappears. That's amazing. I mean, people meditate every day for their whole lives to achieve that. I'm pretty sure. I don't have patience to meditate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, tried. I mean, you I don't need fall. it. You clearly don't need it. No, I probably need it. Like I, my family would tell you that I probably need it. <laughs> got it. Got it. That'd be the fourth word. It's yeah. competitive, reliable, crazy, needs to relax, needs to meditate. Exactly. <laughs> So aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, meaning all the basics, what's something that you couldn't go a day without? What I call me time, which is okay. like alone time. I'm sure. a I'm an introvert that has the job of an extrovert. Yes. Uh, and I spend a lot of time talking to people and I, I really actually mm. enjoy it. Like I, yeah. learning from people, spending time with them. I I really deeply believe that everyone has at least one interesting story. Mm. And and I spend a lot of time trying to, when I meet new people, to uncover that story. And I, I'm like, that may be my competitive side. It's like, until mm. I find that story, I'm not giving up. So I'm yeah. like, I will keep asking you a question. Hmm. But the, because I'm an introvert, and while I really deeply enjoy all these encounters and all these conversations with new people or not so new people, it's also very draining. Oh, and yeah. so I do need me time, which is like reading a book, doing my nails, mm-hmm. looking out the window. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, hours and hours, but I, I need that time. My family call that cave time. 
I need cave my time? cave okay. time every day, yep. which sometimes is, is literally like 10 minutes mm. uh, so that I can recharge my battery and like be like, okay, I am ready to absorb the yes. world again. <laughs> yes. You said paint your nails. Do you get them painted or do you like to paint your nails yourself? Both, depending on depending on the day. I'm a girly girl, very mm. much so. And and it comes from my childhood and, sure. and having to work for, you know, my first really fancy dress, as we talked about. Yes, yes. But it also come from my first encounter in the professional world where, uh, besides being an entrepreneur, like the entrepreneur part was was different, but when when I started uh, in the corporate world, being told to my face, and that was about 20 years ago, so obviously mm. it's, things have changed a little bit, but being told that I should be careful about how I dress because mm. that may be distracting. And I was like, what oh, do you mean distracting? And, and and just to be clear, like I, I wear very, I mean, very decently conservative outfits. Yes. <laughs> not, you know. And so I was like, what do you mean? Like, who's going to have a problem to concentrate? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And basically the the message that this person, well-intended person was trying to to convey to me was that um, I would be taken more seriously if I was Mm. dressing more like a man. Oh, for sure. And my reaction to that at the time was, hell no. Yeah. I believe that I can be powerful Mm-hmm. And still wear lipsticks and wear dresses and have high heels. Like one doesn't stop the other. And yes, definitely. And I worked in tech for a long time. And, and often enough, again, this is changing, but often enough, I'd be the only woman in the room. Mm. And to me, it was a very important statement to make. And one that I, that didn't need word. I, it just needed for me to walk into the room. Yeah. It was a very important statement to make to be like dressed mm-hmm. the way I'm dressed. Like again, lipsticks and and nails polished and 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 high heels and all of that, which is to say again, I love being a girly girl or yeah, whatever term you want to use. <laughs> it makes total sense and it's spot on and it totally tracks with my experience and the idea of there's a certain mold that I think, especially 20 years ago, people wanted you to fit so that they would be comfortable with your presence. And I think that dressing in a way that is more traditionally feminine, as you mentioned, was then especially considered outside the norm because it wasn't dressing like men did. And something that is very nice now is how much we're seeing more of that much more celebrated and out there. And that's very exciting. More opportunities to wear bright, fun, pretty dresses. Exactly. And and by the way, the opposite is true too. Like I want men and women to dress any way they want. Like Absolutely. it doesn't matter. And so I, I talk a lot because that's often a topic of conversation among women, especially behind closed doors. Hmm. I talk to them about, I wear dresses because that's what makes me feel comfortable and makes sure. me feel who I am. Hmm. But you know what? If you want to be in trousers, that's fine too. Yes. Like whatever, yeah. It's all about what you want. Exactly. Whatever yeah. makes you feel comfortable. And 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 I think this is, this is an important that not every woman has heard and and especially mm-hmm. in the corporate world especially in tech like even in 2022 i still have young women who come to me and say like i feel like if i'm not in jeans and hoodie i'm not yeah. going to be taken seriously which they may not be wrong in some cases yeah. so i understand it's a very valid fear 
But people like you obviously are leading the way in that. And so I'm sure that it's made an impact. A positive has made an impact. But again, if you want to wear jeans and hoodie, go for that it. That sounds great. <laughs> so Mile, if you could possess the ability to hear what other people are thinking, would you? Oh, yes. I would love to. You would? I would love to know. I think people's minds are fascinating. Like mm. I want to know what people think. It's, mm. it's part of getting to know people, really, because people mm. never really tell you what they think for multiple mm. reasons. And so, yeah, I would love to be in people's mind. To learn what they really mean? To learn what they really mean, to learn what they really care about. Mm -hmm. I think often enough, people don't know how to share, mm. how they mm -hmm. feel, what is important to them. They sometimes feel like, if I really share who I am, I'm not going to be accepted. Totally. If I really talk about what I care about, people are going to make fun of me. Mm -hmm. That and time travel, like if I could okay. have the studio, that would be awesome. <laughs> Where would you go if you had the ability to time travel? Oh, I would do it. I'd be all the time. I'd be, I'd be basically... Really? Oh, I'm a, I'm a geek, so I would, I would map the entire history of the world yeah. and like pinpoint the interesting moment and I would just do them one by one. Like wow. I probably wouldn't be living in 2022 anymore. I would just jump no. from one to another. <laughs> yes. Wow. That sounds fun. What would your first choice be? Do you think? I would probably go back to times when there are problems that we don't understand how they did it. For example, hmm. I would go to Egypt. Yeah. I was just thinking Egypt. How are they building these pyramids? That is, that is truly exactly the first thing that came to mind for me. Exactly. I wanted I want to just know how did how did you pull that off? Exactly. I would want to know. I would want to see. And there's a bunch of theory, and I think some of them are very likely super close from reality. So it's not a complete mystery. Hmm. But like, yeah, I would love to. And then the other thing I would do is I would love to go back in time to talk to really, really interesting people. Like I would love to go and talk to Leonardo da Vinci, like that to me, like the perfect Renaissance man and and see what it was like to be him and, and on top of his game across multiple fields, like that would be fascinating to me. Have you ever injured yourself in like an embarrassing way? I don't know if embarrassing, but yeah, I, I especially when I was a teenager, I used to fall a lot. Really? You <laughs> don't feel like you were coordinated? I, I would like skip steps. Like I, I, I broke my ankle, I think three no. times just because <gasps> I was so deep into a conversation with someone that I was just like, I didn't see the steps. Oops. And it wasn't like we were walking on flats and then suddenly there were stairs. It's, no, no, no. We we were going downstairs. Oh my and God. And at some point, for whatever reason, my feet will just forget that there was another yep. stair. So yeah, I got, got a bunch of those. Well, you were probably just really engrossed in the conversation. They were probably telling you their one interesting story. Probably. I don't know, but it's, it happened. It happened and often enough that I was like, God, what's wrong with me? I understand. Do you watch a lot of television or movies or anything like that? Not a lot. I don't have a TV at home. <gasps> I, at least I should say oh I don't my have God. a functioning TV. Like I have the monitor, but yeah. it's not plugged. And so okay. <laughs> just, I, I, I technically have a TV. I don't. I feel like not having a TV is very like, I'm very impressed when people don't have a TV. Do you know what I mean? Is that a weird, <laughs> do people react like that a lot when you say I don't have a TV? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, right? Everyone's like, oh, wow. 
What does she do with her time? I go to the theater when I want to see a movie. I yeah. love I love the experience. And, yes. and during COVID, by the way, that was one of the things that I missed the most. Mm. Uh, it's going to the movie theater. Yes. And then, no, I just feel like it's it's such a time suck. It doesn't grip you. It doesn't appeal to you. No. Huh. No. Wow. It's, you probably <laughs> This is probably how you get so much done because you're not sitting around watching reruns. Maybe because I, I, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine and, and recently and I he was telling me that they basically watch TV every day. And I was like, every day? Like, like yeah. every day? It's like, yeah, every night after dinner. It's like, oh, but like. So you have dinner and then you watch TV for like five minutes? It's like, no, for two hours. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't, I know, I don't watch TV. Wow. That is elite. That is very sophisticated. <laughs> That's a beautiful answer. It just came out that way. Like it wasn't a yeah. conversation. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. I do a bunch of other stuff that are a total waste of time, but that's, that's <laughs> not that one. <laughs> okay. This is a two-part question for you. Number one, who would play you in a movie about your life? And two, what chapter of your life would make the best movie plot? Tina Fey. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. That's a great one. I would love, I think she's amazing. I have, I have a sweet spot for female comics. And so mm. I think she's amazing. I would, lo I would yes. love her. Like her. Yes, her. <laughs> that sounds great. Do you think that she could pull off the French accent? Oh, totally. She can pull off anything okay. she wants. Yeah. Okay. She's amazing. We have faith in Tina Fey. Look, I mean, to be clear, I think there are many more people with significantly more interesting lives than mine. <laughs> so, so many people say that on the show. I would it's recommend so that you watch a movie about someone else. <laughs> I'm sure. But if we were to make one about you. The first startup that I built, which, by the way, we call that startup because startup is like the way to go these days. But like yes, I was literally yes. organizing birthday parties yeah. uh, for kids. Uh, yeah, in my neighborhood. So like, just to that's be clear. awesome. This is when you were 16. Yes, it was a business because I employed people and, and we were paid for our services. Yes, it was zero technology. And, and given my old age, I, I have to say at the time, there was no in my country, there was no email like, yeah, like, there was it wasn't like, it could not have been a tech business because there was no we had we had what we call the Minitel, which is the the ancestor of the internet. The French are very proud of that. The Minitel. What is, is it like called? The Minitel. Minitel. Uh, mini and then tell like telephone. Oh wow. It was amazing. People do not speak enough about how French almost created the internet. We almost uh, yeah, I have it. never heard that. <laughs> how did you get beat out? It was unbelievably expensive. So you had this mm. special monitor. You would be invoiced by the minute. Oh my gosh. Okay. It was the first interaction that I have ever had with basically an online system where mm. you would go ask questions, go to, again, it's not a website because it wasn't the web, but like you would go to something that looks like a website yeah. and they would have information about the business. Huh. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. So did your yeah. startup company when you were 16, did you have a website? No, way too expensive. Yeah, it sounds like it. But you made enough to buy a dress, which is really exactly. what counts. That's That was the KPI was exactly. we're looking to buy one dress. Can and we a few do? more after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so that would be a fantastic movie. Yes, I think. I mean, I don't know about fantastic, but I would love to see it. 
<laughs> I would love to see it, but also I feel like, oh my gosh. So we could, first, I think it'd be so fun to do France in that era. And then also the fashion would be so fun because it would have to be a pretty central part of the film, given that that was the inspiration for you to get a yeah. job and start the company. And so all the dresses that everyone's wearing the whole time would probably be pretty chic. Chic by my definition in the 90s. Okay, let's let's just caveat that very strongly. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, 90s stuff, wouldn't you agree? Super back right now. Totally. That, that I a lot totally of it's coming agree. back around. Yeah, absolutely. I think this sounds like a great film. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Not that you'll be able to see it given that you don't have a television. <laughs> I'll watch it on my phone. I'll watch it okay, on my good. phone. <laughs> you'll break out the Minitel. You'll fire it up. <laughs> Mael, we're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Census. Sales, biz ops, and data teams alike agree Census is an absolute game changer. Say goodbye to dashboard graveyards, manually uploaded CSVs, and needing 10 different tabs to fully understand your customer. Census allows you to integrate data quickly and seamlessly into your desired CRM to get a full 360 customer view. This enables teams to score and prioritize leads and drive automation at scale. We love to see it! Teams across all business functions benefit from this streamlined efficiency and they have the numbers to prove it. Using Census, Figma has seen a 10x increase in sales productivity while Canva has been able to drive marketing personalization to over 50 million users. Yeah, I heard you. Wow is right. If you're looking to increase the productivity of your sales reps, personalize your customer communications and reduce churn, you can learn more at getcensus.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Mael Gave, the CEO of Techstars. Mael, we have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I am ready. Love that answer. We've arrived at the lightning round. Woo, here we go. Okay, first question for you, coffee or tea? Tea, 100%. <gasps> Do you drink coffee at all? No, not at all. Have you ever? Coffee makes me sick. And so I used okay. to drink coffee when I was a child to not go to school. So I was sneaking oh through the kitchen drink a little bit of my, my father drinks a lot of coffee and just drink a little bit and then oh be really sick no. and not go to school. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. My parents do not know that. And because this okay. podcast is in English, that's great <laughs> because they don't speak English. So that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Très bien. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. So you mentioned you're very competitive. Do you have a favorite board game? Risk. I love Risk. That's your favorite. How long is the average game of Risk? For you. It can go on for several days. If I oh if God. I find people who still want to play with me. <laughs> yeah. I've said this before, but I've never played Risk and I've always wanted to and I own Risk. If you are going to play it with people and you need someone, I'm not joking. Please invite me. Oh, we <laughs> I really want to play. <laughs> I've never played it. Okay, good. All right. Just take that note. Just just FYI. That's a very legitimate offer. <laughs> Slash me inviting myself to your house. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. Let's, let's, no, I'm serious. Let's do that. Yeah, I love so it. Fun. And, and now you know I'm competitive. So you know what to expect. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not competitive in that way, but I am down to commit. I commit 
that is something about me, whether it's we're committing to some ridiculous comedy premise or we're committing to we're going to play this game <laughs> or we're going to cook this meal. Like I'm all in. Let's and so I'm not competitive like, oh, I got to win. But like I'm ready to try to win and I will I will truly be fine with either outcome. But I will be there, you know. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I love it. Do you have a pump up song? Not really. I do listen to a lot of music. So I don't watch TV, but there is usually yeah. a soundtrack to my life yeah. somehow. Yeah. Okay. I spend a lot of time putting it together. And, and if I hosted dinner, like I would usually spend as much time baking as I spend like thinking about the music that's going to really? be. Really? So are you curating individual playlists, like selecting yeah. songs? Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then I, I put a date next to it and then I remember the dinner and like it's, ah! it's, it's part of my memory. Oh my gosh. Activation. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, one of those will probably make a great soundtrack for this movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm going to think okay, about you it. Okay. You get started on that. <laughs> I'll contact Tina Fey and we'll, we'll, get this, we'll get this show on the road. Have you ever read a book twice? Yes. Quite a few, actually. Quite a few. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, and, and I'm sorry, it's going to be a little bo bit boring, but it's the Jim Collins Good to Great. I think it's such hmm. a great book, and, and I do read it on a regular basis, even though it's sometimes a little outdated. But then I love, I love science fiction. I mm. love memoirs, and so yeah, there's there's quite a few, uh, quite a few books. I don't know if you can see, but behind me, it's like a yes, tiny so many portion. books. Of all the books that I have and like a lot of the, first of all, I open all these books and read them at some point or another. Okay. And then yes, there are some <laughs> of them which I have read multiple times. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a French writer called uh, Albert Camus and I read his book multiple times. Mm, that's wonderful. Okay. Well, speaking of books, this is my last question for you, very sadly, which is what would you title your memoir? Can I plagiarize one? Yeah, for sure. I think the title is perfect. And when I read it at the time, I was like, oh, this is this is such an interesting way of looking at life. Mm. Eat, pray, love. Mm. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm French. Eating is a really big part of my life. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't pray as such, but this is this idea of being reflective and, and really yes, thinking yes. through like what's happening around. Yep, absolutely. I think, and it's going to sound so cheesy, but I think love is, so important and and mm. we can we can get so focused on the one thing that you and I haven't talked about which is work mm. yeah uh, but we can get so focused on work and and being high achiever and being yep. solution driven that yep. we forget that that love is what really 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 matters so uh -huh. it pray That's love so would be more of an aspirational title than the reality sure. <laughs> that sounds great I was also thinking you could do something that was like getting dressed Oh, I love that one too, actually. Yeah. That would be the, the subtitle. <laughs> eat, pray, love, getting Ooh. dressed. <laughs> exactly. Getting That's dressed to eat, pray, and love. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, Mile, this has been such an absolute fun time. I have really enjoyed sitting down and talking with you. I'm confident it's not the last time we're going to hang out. And thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. And I keep, I, I will be waiting for you to come to my house and play a game of risk. We're, we're almost neighbors. We are almost neighbors. This is going to happen. And also, if you want to bake something while I'm there and we could bake something, I also like baking. <laughs> so that'd be a lot of fun. Tell me this though. Where can people find more about you online? The usual suspect. Twitter. <laughs> I hate saying that. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. I know. I feel you. But now's the time. If there ever is a time to say it, now is the time. 
And also, I'm going to say it right after you. Twitter, Instagram, and, and, and LinkedIn. I'm a very private person, so it's going to be mostly work focused, but you will see my collection of Halloween costumes because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge, huge, huge nerd when it comes to Halloween costumes. Love it. Wait. Oh gosh. Okay. We have to talk about that at some point. <laughs> That's amazing. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or at non-technicalpod on Twitter. Once again, Mayal, this has been absolutely fantastic and I hope to see you soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 